welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast about the podcast TBTL. I'm your host, Meredith, 75% of the way Mayhan, coming to you from Dallas, Texas. Joining me today to bring you a recap of the week of TBTL that was, from down a long stretch of I-35, it's Mike, the jail dude, Frizzell in Kyle, Texas. Hey, Mike. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And, of course, moving up and over a very long stretch of I-30 East to I-40 to I-81 North to I-78E <laughs> to I-94 North to 114 North in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. It's Bobby Pape. Hi, Bobby. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. And nice job missing the tolls. Uh, it would have been real easy to just hop on 90 at any point in that stretch. No, I'm not paying for you that. You can't get there from here. <laughs> That's more of a northern uh, New England thing, Mike. Oh, sorry. We sound a little more like New Yorkers down here. <laughs> All right. Today we've got some LRB business to discuss. We'll cover our week in review, take care of some housekeeping, let you know how to get involved with the show. Um, since TBTL was in reruns the week before last, this is our first recap show since Christmas. So I think that's our first piece of business is how is Christmas, everybody? Bobby, why don't you start? Yeah, well, I survived a trip to see my family. Who I found out at least one of my aunts might occasionally be dipping in on this show. So uh -oh. hi, and sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. Um, no, uh, we had a fine trip to Rochester. It was only a couple of days long, and that's just the right length. Um, we uh, uh, did a Yankee swap with my family for the first time, and that had some success. We got a DVD player out of it, which actually um, we we actually needed, so that that worked out well. So what's a Yankee swap? Uh, is that a, is that like a secret Santa or like a white elephant? It's a white elephant, okay. right? Excuse me. Regional dialect differences. Yes. White elephant. Uh, for those of you who aren't in new England. Uh, so yes, everybody brings a gift you pick or you swap. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, somehow Sam ended up with a DVD player for the house, which was good. And I ended up with an HD dash cam, uh, <laughs> which was less, necessary <laughs> to record all those crazy crashes for your insurance company right well i'm gonna take it to russia yeah. so i'm gonna be a hit on youtube in no time good well bobby you're always taking pictures of people's license plates <laughs> just put that thing to work yeah really. well that's my hope I'm, I'm hoping the resolution's good enough in that i mean it is hd after all um that i can figure out a way to freeze frame it i haven't taken it out of the box yet so i'm not sure how it works um we also got one gift that i've already returned for some cash so Merry Christmas. <laughs> Mike, um, how was yours? Mike. Uh, it was a very subdued Christmas. Uh, we didn't travel to see any relatives um, because of my condition. It's just a sort of a hassle. So we stayed home this Christmas, and Cullen was with his dad this year. So it was just Emily and me. So um, the it started off pretty poorly uh, because I woke up. Um, sick. I was feeling pretty poorly and I tried to keep myself from throwing up, but that didn't work. So by like 8.30 on Christmas morning, um, I vomited my guts out. And luckily I had, uh, I have plenty of these vomit sleeves that they give you in the hospital. Oh yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're great. <laughs> I can't recommend vomit <laughs> sleeves enough. If you're ever in a doctor's office, ask for a couple and take them home. Uh, so that's how Christmas started, and then we did exchange gifts. Um, I got from Emily. I got a a, a cool uh, robot T-shirt, 
um, which I haven't modeled yet, but uh, soon will. And I got uh, a, a really cool, huge shower head because the, the water pressure here in Kyle is not great. So she, um, I hope nobody, nobody in code is, Kyle code is uh, listening here, but she removed the restrictor, put this shower head on, which looks comically large. It is comically <laughs> large. It looks like something they, that, you know, they, they shower elephants with at the zoo. And <clears throat> I, I had a nice relaxing post vomit shower uh, once <laughs> she had installed it. And uh, so that was pretty great. And, and then um, we were going to have a uh, uh, Christmas day, meal we um bought these meals from freshly and they ended up being delicious we ate them a few days later but uh i wasn't up for eating that day so we sat and watched a movie we watched sully which i have a huge bone to pick with but i don't know whether i'll do it on this on this podcast or or just i'll just let it fester in my mind i know a place where you can nerd out about something if you need to <laughs> yeah i could i am a big uh complainer about movies so I think I might go on that show sometime just to complain about some of my <laughs> biggest pet peeves in movies in general and some movies in particular. And there was a, mo there was a moment in this Sully movie that pissed me off. Um, so, you know, it was, uh, it was quiet, subdued. Uh, we're going to have a little more um, fun here on New Year's because uh, Cullen's coming back today. And uh, Emily has pre-cooked our New Year's uh, meal of, uh, uh, I think, uh, corned beef and cabbage and black-eyed peas, which is the traditional southern mm -hmm. uh, meal for good luck, which we need some yeah, in no 2017. Kidding. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's Meredith. see. Mine, we, we had planned to do an anti-Christmas, and it completely morphed into a real Christmas somehow. Um, and I think it's because of Duff's inability to admit to himself that he really loves Christmas. Um, he, cause he, he'll be very bah humbug about the whole thing, but then he also hung the wreath up all by himself and he took the tree out and put it up by himself without me prompting. And he was excited about stockings and he ended up getting me a bunch of gifts. And <laughs> so it turned into Christmas. <laughs> um, we didn't go anywhere. I didn't want to travel. Um, so uh, our friend Valerie came from Detroit and stayed with us for a few days, and uh, we did gifts in the morning and went and saw a movie. Uh, this wasn't up to me. We saw Assassin's Creed, and it was awful. Uh, <laughs> that was... Is Duff a player of that game? No, it was... So we, we always do a movie in Chinese with our friend Jared, who's Jewish, and he chose the movie mm -hmm. this year, so that was squarely on his shoulders. Oh, no. Yeah, and so then he there was some crossed wires, so we ended up not doing Chinese, but we went to this place called Canary um, near my house for dinner. It was a preset menu. It was really, really good. Um, so it was a pretty low-stress day. Uh, it could have been like a huge thing. You know how Duff loves to have parties. It could have been like an enormous dinner party or something. So I'm glad it wasn't that. I'm glad we went out for dinner. Um, I got some of the Apple ear, the new earbuds, the wireless ones. Mm -hmm. The um, AirPods? The AirPods, yes. And so far, I like them. Uh, Mike, you were asking if you could lay down with them. 
Uh, sometimes yeah. they, I've had them shut off if I turn my head a little bit too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can start them back up, but uh, they will, they'll flicker on and off now and then. And you, ha- you can't be too, too far away from your phone. So there are some minuses, but I really hated that they, mine would get torn out of my ears every five minutes from walking past a drawer <laughs> right. handle. So that problem yeah. is totally gone. I can also change my clothes with them in, which I like. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to deal with a little choppiness now and then, but so far so good. Well, I, when I get the, uh, that next generation phone, I'm definitely interested in that because I, I cannot stand to be alone with my thoughts for, yeah even a few seconds. So yeah, being able to just do anything and not have to take those things out. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Yeah. And if I have my phone in my pocket, which I almost always do, it's not an issue at all. So, so far so good. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying them. All right. All what's right. next? Um, Wait, I think you guys I'd like to interrupt. Yes. <laughs> um, I'd like to interrupt because I didn't mention one other Christmas present that I got and Meredith, you play a bit of a role in this, um, which is that I, thought a couple of weeks ago that I had stumbled over what Sam had gotten me for Christmas. Oh, that coat that was, was too small? Right, when I was rifling <laughs> yes. through a closet. <laughs> and I saw a nice new coat but didn't see the size tag uh, and found out that it was a ladies' coat that was several sizes too small. Um, but what I got instead was an Instant Pot, uh, which is this electric uh, pressure cooker slash slow cooker slash rice cooker slash... Yogurt uh, maker. Yogurt maker. <laughs> I thought it would be like a weed of the month club. <laughs> yeah. Membership. Not quite yet in Rhode Island. Um, right. But uh, I, Meredith, you, um, well, I, my started obsessing about this because you have one and love it. Yes. I and do. we don't need to go too far into an instant pot rabbit hole, but I just wanted to mention that since I got it and posted on Facebook, uh, Another Instant Pot fan has put me in the Instant Pot Facebook group. Oh, I meant to I warn the, you about that. Which I think is the pantsuit nation of people who use pressure cookers. Yes. <laughs> I joined it and left. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> people are obsessed over this thing. Yes, they are. It's kind of amazing. Yep, it's a um, cult. I'm just going to mute it. I, I suppose if I'm looking for a new recipe, it's a good place to, to scour or just skim through. But people are... It's it's like a it's a little occultal. It very People much are is. really obsessed. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is a great machine. I love it. I use it several times a week. I didn't think I would, but my sister turned me on to it, and and I really do love it. So, um, did you get any other useful suggestions for recipes on your on your Facebook post, or was it all slow cooker? Um, well, a lot of it was slow cooker and a lot of it was people making jokes about marijuana. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. So people don't they don't understand what it is. It's a fast cooker. Yeah. It's right. the opposite a of a slow cooker. cooker. Right. <laughs> right. You get it because you don't want to spend the time on a slow cooker. Right. Uh, but I'm getting there. I haven't played with it yet because we've been really busy and tonight after this we're going to do New Year's dinner with my in-laws. So this week I'll find a little time and I'll do the water test and yeah. then I'm going to, I've got a dozen eggs ready to try hard cooking in it. Oh, I'm so and excited. And then we'll go from there. So I'll keep you updated mainly for Meredith's sake on yes. how the eggs go. Please do. And hey, hey dummies, Insta is in the name. So hey, <laughs> slow down with the slow cooker recipes. <laughs> uh, actually, it's instant pot. Oh, really? But a lot the of whole, people, the a lot, instant, the entire word is there. A lot of people say Insta, and in fact, that was a whole conversation in the instant pot community. Yes. Oh, God. That I stumbled into I, I really stepped on some toes there. Whether or not that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 
I want to just also say, as long as we're talking about gifts, that Christy's Secret Santa present from me has technically arrived. Uh, it arrived on the 27th, finally. But uh, because I shipped it to Jeremy's office, I have no idea who is in possession of it or if it's been mm. stolen. Um, his office is on Lake City. So uh, hopefully those nice chaps at the 24-hour pool hall next door are holding it uh, sure. until they get back. <laughs> All right. And and what I really, really want to know, Mike, is uh, tell us how Edith is doing, your new cat. Edith, I would describe her entire demeanor as unfazed. She, um, no matter how much Abby tries to chase her around and sometimes even nips at her, like um, Abby nipped at her a couple times because uh, Abby and Ginger both like to sit and watch Emily eat because they like to lick her plate <laughs> afterwards. Um, and the cat was, uh, Abby decided that the cat wasn't going to be a part of this process. They weren't looking for another beggar to join. And so when the cat came to watch Emily eat, uh, there was conflict, but that's really been the only, um, time when, when Abby has really lashed out, she does chase the cat a bit, but it's in a playful way. And the, the cat sort of joins in, um, Ginger has behaved herself since the one incident, and the this is a cat that just craves any kind of contact with another physical being. She doesn't want to be alone uh, at all. So if everyone's gone to bed and I'm still up, she's with me or in my lap, and once I go to bed, she comes and gets in bed with everyone else. I mean, she's just a great cat, great demeanor, and Emily made a really good choice. Um She's and she's cute as well. So she's really cute. We have no complaints. What what about the bunny? Because I saw a video of her <laughs> kind of furtively tapping the bunny. That's the most interesting relationship still so far. Is the the cat is very curious about the bunny, wants to pat the bunny, um, has made her way into the bunny's cage a couple times uh -oh. and been patting the bunny and the bunny that doesn't care for it, but he's sort of getting used to it. Uh Everyone seems to think that she wants to see if he's as soft as she is. So, and but, they but are, they're equally soft. He's bigger than her, isn't he? He probably is. She's uh, like five or six pounds. Uh, Emily took her to the vet and she's, and, and she, I think she's already, she had, she's had a litter already. She, they said she's about 13 months old, but she certainly seems like she's already had a litter because um, all her, uh, Nipples are like they they look like the the nipples of of a mother and her body type. Um, she's actually wide in the hips for <laughs> such a tiny little thing. Like ninety percent of her body weight is in her belly. But um, uh, yeah, the bunny could probably kick her ass. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and and he yeah he he has he is like he defends his territory, but. Um, She's pretty obsessed with him. I was wondering what the natural order of operations for this is, what the food chain is, if it goes. Because I've never thought about a rabbit in that chain, so I don't know if it's dog, cat, rabbit, or dog, rabbit, cat. Um, I would say the bunny thinks thinks he is number one. He, Over the dog, aggressive when anyone. <laughs> yeah, whenever, whenever. Well, Ginger doesn't fuck with him, but yeah. um, but whenever Abby gets near his cage or starts pushing his because he has kind of a 
uh, movable cage. When she she starts pushing things around, he pushes them back <laughs> and kind of hisses at her. And you've seen in the videos, he hisses at the cat yes. and kind of lashes at her like, get the F out of my space, dude. So she, uh, he he thinks he's in charge. Abby thinks she's in charge. Ginger has no idea. Um, <laughs> the cat, I don't think, cares. She just doesn't care. Well, that's the Frizzell Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. She's like me. She doesn't care. You're encroaching on my territory here, Mike. Moving into yeah. <laughs> menagerie close. status. We need one more yeah. animal? Is that? Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I should just get us started with our weekend review before you two uh, start to brawl. <laughs> before someone hey, calls the more city species. on me. That, we have, we have you the, have more biodiversity than I do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Well, I mean, you, Meredith, you might be over the limit on animals, um, but Mike's the one with the shower head that's completely illegal for his drought-ridden state. Yeah. <laughs> right. I have the Commando 80, <laughs> 500 or whatever. So you're both going to jail. But before we do that, let's uh, <laughs> start with Monday, 2280, Saturday Night Hot Dogs. Uh, Luke is back after a couple of weeks off, um, but Andrew is not because he's in Atlanta. Uh, with Genevieve. So Luke is making uh, family aid uh, because life has given him family. Uh, but before he does that, he tells us that he's going to be going to the Peach Bowl, uh, courtesy of Alaska Airlines. And Alaska Airlines gets a, a fair number of commercials all week, thanks to their generosity. Um, do you think, and Mike, I thought you might have some insight on this. I remember when the Bulls, the Buffalo Bulls, went to the International Bowl. It was such a big deal for them to go to any bowl game that they, the university was inviting anyone they could think of and giving them transportation and a hotel room mm -hmm. just so that the team would travel better. And I was one of the people who got one of those lucky invitations. Um, so is Alaska just so excited that their local – I assume that there's a sponsorship relationship there. Yes. Uh, they're just so excited. And they just want to carry well, so they're just going to fill a plane with whoever they can get to come. You know, I I don't know because, I mean, it's such an expensive trip to to take from Seattle. And uh, Alabama plays in uh, the Peach Bowl. Sorry, they play in that stadium every year in the SEC championship. And they, they travel there easily. I mean, folks just drive up there. Um, yeah, I knew it would be like a home game for Alabama and I was hoping, you know, maybe that the crowd would get seated with, you know, um, with some loud folks and I'm, I'm sure the Burbanks looked like they were ready to get loud and rowdy, but, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know the dynamics of it. I, I need to ask Luke, um, of course, I think how that were, even it worked. looked like they might've been in a suite. So you can be, yeah. you can be as loud as you want, but you still look like a Rockefeller. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, right. I don't think there would have been anything holding David back. He was yeah. he was bedecked. I, I'm <laughs> sure he had like novelty socks on. Mm -hmm. uh, Luke tells us a little bit about the cruise. Not a ton, uh, but he says that it was quote a lot of pizza, a lot of alcohol consumption, a lot of bingo, a lot of high fives, and a lot of smiles. <laughs> Uh, he does note that the bingo caller was a lame, despite having the name TJ Max Money. Wow. Uh, so 
that's a Max and Easter dream being the bingo caller on a cruise ship. <laughs> that that could have been uh, that could have been David's David Burbank. Yeah, yeah. He's got the bingo personality. He'd be a handle. much better bingo caller. Yeah. He would. Oh, he'd be. I play amazing. bingo if he was calling my bingo game. Sure. Uh, I just so- like those big pens. <laughs> <laughs> So the Burbank family is over for Christmas. They've ordered Chinese food, which uh, gets a ringing endorsement. The kids are apparently shooting dice for money, uh, which <laughs> reminded me of Carrie's childhood. Oh, yeah. They're big gamblers, uh, aren't they? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like big gamblers, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, and I just sort of gave up for a few minutes and just said that Luke was sort of doing a solo guest, solo host ramble rant. Uh, it got a little cloudy there for a few minutes before he went to the tape. But what he does, it's delightful. The top story for Monday is Susie Burbank. Uh, And it's just a whole spectrum of Susie Burbank, starting with stories of how she sneaks into the Y by pretending she left her earbuds in the car. So it looks like she's just going back out for them. (laughs) That's some acting. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not even like she's sneaking into um, like a for-profit gym. It's the why. Yeah. Uh, But hey, uh, whatever gets you in. And similarly, she talks about movies. This is a family philosophy that it's not stealing because if the seat was going to be empty anyway and they were already going to be showing the movie, all you're doing is using a resource that would otherwise be wasted. All this justification just made it so clear how Luke lives his life. (laughs) Yep. You know, it was just his grandfather had this opinion and now his mother does. And that's clearly where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's it's, it's crimes, right? And it's it's uh, it's like they they walk they walk the crime back to the point where they're not responsible. Yes, yes. You know, they just to whatever point it takes to where you know that's no big deal. Well, he's just stealing a loaf of movie to feed his family. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the reason Luke wanted to talk to Susie about everything uh, about this is that he had been recently talking about his grandfather, Jack Kelly on Livewire, And he wanted to see how good of a job he did explaining Jack Kelly. And so he actually plays the Livewire tape for Susie. Uh, and she says he's mostly right notes that he sold pocketbooks, not just hats. And then says something about how pocketbooks are actually the big purse in the East coast. And I don't know, none of that made sense to me because I don't have pocketbooks or purses. Uh, but overall, he caught the essence of Jack Kelly correctly and uh, notes that there's sort of this generational rebel in the family. It was Jack, and then it was Susie, and then it, it's Luke, mm-hmm. which I can see. Yeah. The other note uh, that was great from Susie is that she ranks all of her kids based on how photogenic <laughs> they are. This was brutal. <laughs> And she notes that all of the ones that are not as photogenic are actually just more attractive in person. Yeah. But then on the flip side, people who are more photogenic are probably a little uglier in person. Like, it's like she was trying to say the, they're all they're all seven point five, no matter whether they photograph well yeah. or not. I mean, yeah. she was. It's like I love them all equally, but these ones look better in photos. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was a odd thing to even have thought of. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then to verbalize it is even more odd. Uh, The show title for Monday comes from uh, a story, well, more of a review from Susie about her later childhood with her stepmom and how every night's dinner was a different frozen dinner 
set to a schedule. And so I think I've got this right. Uh, uh, I don't know if I took the days down, but Monday I think was chicken croquettes. Tuesday was the pork roll. Wednesday was exciting because it was spaghetti, not technically frozen first. Thursday was veal parmesan, but not good. Um, (laughs) Friday was cheap fish sticks. Uh, And Saturday was dad, uh, Jack, making hot dogs and bacon called pigs in blanket, uh, which I took issue with because you would not make the blanket out of more pig. Yeah. Right. And a bank, a, a blanket made out of bacon wouldn't be comfortable. Right. That's <laughs> it's a it's the Buffalo Bill of hot dogs. It's just, you know, I'm sure it's good. Oh, that, that's <laughs> brutal. Uh, but that was Saturday night. It was hot dog night, and it was terrible. But Susie would never hurt his feelings, so they ate those hot dogs. It sounds like for years. And it sounds like they gave her the runs for years. Yeah. Which would directly contradict her claim about never farting until she was 18, just by conjecture. <laughs> uh, I, I hadn't thought about that. I'm glad I hadn't, but thanks, Mary. <laughs> uh, then we go on to a no-point conversion featuring uh, David Burbank. Uh, interesting having a Burbank who knows what he's talking about. I know. It was awesome. Uh, the highlights actually don't change too much. The offensive line of the Seahawks is awful. Um, no, no mildly inappropriate or racist, um, comparisons for it this year, uh, this week. They're not drugstore Indians or cigar shop Indians, rather. Cigar store Indians, right? Yeah, no, drugstore Indians, just a regular (laughs) Indian. Um, Lockett got hurt for nothing. Mike, do you have thoughts on that? (sighs) This has gone back a little bit now. Uh... Yeah, I I don't want to get into the really get into the sports talk here. I I I can't take it. I'm still upset from yesterday's Huskies game, and I just yeah I can't do it, Bobby. I can't do it. All right, that's all right. Uh, well, let's. Well, just... things are just miserable right now for Seattle sports fans. Let's just say that. Yeah, miserable coasting into the playoffs <laughs> versus most of the country that's miserable with their team that they're trying to decide whether or not to fire their head coach. You got your wish. You I, got your coach fired. That's right. It only took me two years. Uh, Luke says that uh, the Seahawks won't be able to win in Dallas, so they need to do whatever they can to not end up having to play in Dallas. You, you, this is what always irritates me about Luke's philosophies on these things. If, you, if you're going to get to where you need to get, if you're going to be the champion of the league, you have to be able to beat everybody. Don't try to don't try to rig the schedule so you won't have to face it. You will have to face them yeah. because they're the team that you're going to have to beat. So let's not, you know, I don't know. It it makes me angry. Like, like the way he wanted to go to the Rose Bowl so he could dodge <laughs> Alabama. You know, it's like, no, you go to the championship so you can try to win. Even if you end up losing, you went, you tried, you know, you didn't yeah. play some meaningless uh, game against freaking Penn State. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I, I'm still mad. Sorry to all of our uh, uh, Pennsylvania listeners. Yeah. Uh, uh, David sees hope for the future of the Browns. That's comforting. I don't know that they have anywhere but up to go, so that's fine. Sure. Um, nice reminder that Colin Kaepernick is driving a Yaris. I always take note of Yaris references. He's a, he's a Yaris driver. Uh, How the hell can he fit in a Yaris? You don't even fit in a Yaris. <laughs> I think I think we mean metaphorically. He drives a oh, Yaris. Okay, the Forty ers are Yaris. He's got nothing to lose by. That's true. Yes, that's true. 
Uh, and Luke uh, spends several minutes uh, claiming his longtime Husky cred, which nobody questions, but he wants to make sure you know that he's been a longtime Husky fan. Yeah, I, I'll vouch for that. I've, I've been in his house when he uh, kind of lost his mind when we lost a football game at the last moment. I mean, lost his mind yeah. to the point where uh, he and... Vanessa had to apologize for his behavior. <laughs> uh, well, you heard it here first. When the Bills win a Super Bowl, I'm going to be the guy talking about being a fan through all of the shitty years. Yeah. So that's everything from the Super Bowl run to now. Hey, uh, you've earned it. I, I know you've been. I know you're a big fan. You got the old school hat. You know, you bought it during a really terrible season in which your coach got fired. So that gives you cred. Well, and we all know that Meredith has been really impressed with, with Stafford's comeback wins all year. Hmm? Yep. She's a huge fan. I'm, I'm looking at Facebook right now. <laughs> of course. Uh, Mike, why don't you wake Meredith up with Tuesday? <clears throat> okay. Tuesday, 2281. City of Subdued podcasting with Misha Collins. Uh, Luke is... Um, he has uh, Misha over to uh, Burbank Studios, and this gave me a chance to figure out who Misha Collins was and what Supernatural is. And really the biggest education that I got about this was in the, the group chat that we have going on, uh, our friend Barb, who just appeared on LRB recently is a huge fan of, of Supernatural and was giving us all kinds of details. And she says that Misha Collins is the third hottest guy on the show, <laughs> uh, which is pretty, pretty amazing because um, Luke seems to think that he's the hottest guy he's ever been friends with. Um, well, he's probably, he's definitely top five Bellingham hottest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And oh. that's saying something because I think Ryan Stiles also makes that list. Yeah, oh, Ryan Stiles is handsome in his way, but <laughs> he's no Misha Collins. Misha Collins is probably definitely the handsome, handsomest person that ever requested a tour of the smelter. I would say that. <laughs> so uh, before we get before they get to the top story, um, Luke uh, has to explain some inside jokes, and I don't even know that he could explain the um, the fundraising music, but he does. Um, you know, when he has a guest on that is not a part of the fabric of the show or has never listened to the show, he often has to do a lot of explaining and, you know, but Misha Collins was not awkward like Serengeti or whatever. So he was really game and played along. And, and I thought that, uh, I thought that he was one of the, um, best guests they've ever had that has had nothing to do with the show up until that minute. Mm -hmm. what did you guys think about it? I thought he was great. Um, he seemed uh, clearly used to interviews, um, good at casual mm-hmm. banter. You know, he was just, he was a really entertaining and sweet guy. He came off really well, I thought. Yeah, he, he rolled with it really well. And he, I think, understood he was in an environment that had its own rules and backstories. So if he didn't know what was going on, he just yes-anded really well. Well, and he's probably mm-hmm. part of a world like that, too. I don't know anything about Supernatural, but it sounds like there's a serious fandom. So he's probably used to that in his own world. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed – he would. He told some stories. He told a story about the um, the first 
movie, first scary movie he remember going to, and that was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And he got the year right. I think it was 1979 when that movie came out. And I, I remember seeing it, and it was freaking terrifying, that movie. Because um, the, the premise of it is that when you fall asleep, <laughs> they're going to get you, and, and, and then you turn into one of these creatures or whatever. So... You know, when you're a kid and uh, you're getting sleepy and you've just seen that movie, you're just like, okay, great, I'm dead now. <laughs> they're they're going to get me. And what it reminded me of was, I think it was 1977, the movie Jaws came out and I was 12. And worst, worst time for that movie to come out because that was the year my family finally took a big vacation. And of course, we went to Hawaii. And, uh, you know, would would have loved to really enjoy. I mean, I got out in the ocean and all that, but, you know, just 100% convinced that a shark was going to get me. Even that movie was so scary to a kid that I didn't even want to get in a pool, a lake. You know, I was sure, I was sure there were sharks, sharks everywhere. Sharks everything. <laughs> yeah. And he went water deeper than a couple inches. Uh, there's going to sharks going to get you. Bathtub, shark, you know. <laughs> Um, but his, the best story that, that Misha told was the story of his, um, Star Wars audition, uh, for the part that, uh, I guess Hayden Christensen got yeah, in the, Anakin. Yeah. The, that was the first reboot of the series, right? Uh, the first, I think the second, it was the second, cause he's a young, young, young kid in the first one. God, I'm so bad at the uh, shitty series of Star Wars movies. Uh, but yeah, he was auditioning for the part of Anakin. Well, you, you got me beat, Bobby. I mean, we talked about this when we hijacked Nerd Out Loud. But um, I, I again, I was a kid. I watched Star Wars. I thought it was a cool movie. Um, and... I think I watched Empire Strikes Back and then uh, Return of the Jedi came out and I was a little bit older at that point. I was like, I'm probably getting on towards like college age or whatever. And I, I remember, you know, seeing these little teddy bears on these, you know, jet skis in the woods or whatever. And I'm like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is lame. <laughs> I am out on this right now. Um, but that's the, the story he told. That was that was one of the best anecdotes anybody's told on TBTL in a long time about him going to do his audition with George Lucas. Big surprise, awkward guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the way that he tells that story and the way that it unfolds, he's clearly got it figured out. Yeah, uh, and and I wonder if that is his shitting his pants at the Kingdom. Like right, that's his right. go-to anecdote because that's pretty great. Well, right. yeah, who gets to meet George Lucas and play with the lightsaber? Right. I think uh, my my favorite line of Dana Gould's is he says that uh, George Lucas is permanently on the on the monthly cover of Chinless Billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> so the the it pays off that story big payoff as the the. Pizza Kid is connected to uh, what is the actress's name? Natalie Portman. Natalie, Natalie Portman. Natalie <laughs> Portman. Fantastic. So great. Uh, Misha had a 
bad business in education software that he didn't know about education or software, which was pretty great. <laughs> then uh, good for him. He broke on uh, the show 24, which I didn't watch either. So um, I'm, I had to look up Misha Collins to see what he, how, you know, how handsome he is or whatever. Um, but he, after that, he, you know, he, he was famous and then he didn't feel any better about himself or whatever. So he like got real sad and had to like start meditating or whatever. And, and that was a pretty interesting discussion with Luke too. Cause I think this is something Luke thinks about all the time. Yeah. Uh, this is the gin and tonic coat hook overlooking the skyline moment. Right. And, uh, interesting that, that, he sort of willingly dove into this conversation too. And Luke followed him beat for beat when it came to like what type of meditation he was doing. And, uh, it's interesting that they really probably are friends, you know, Mm -hmm. Luke's been claiming that they're becoming friends in Bellingham, but, um, the way they talk, they actually do have kind of a rapport. That's interesting. Um, let's see what else we have for Tuesday. There, there is a long um, – this. whenever Luke has somebody famous on for the first time, he they tend to have a long conversation about what's it like being so super famous. You know, Luke puts his chin on his fists and looks dreamily into their eyes and <laughs> <laughs> he really wants to know what it's like to be super famous. But the thing is with CBS this morning, Luke's getting to be – you know, he's getting there, right? He's He doesn't need to do this conversation anymore. He gets well, recognized sometimes, doesn't he? Once he's verified on Twitter. I was stop. about to say, I'm, let me check right now. Just see if that check mark's there yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we would yeah. have heard about it by now. <laughs> oh, uh, one thing I wanted to tell you guys. Um, you know, uh, Carrie went on Facebook the day that uh, Misha was going to be on the show and was asking people for questions. And I think it was all females just bam, bam, bam coming out, you know, because Obviously, he's a fan favorite with the females. And then I, I, you know, I was doing a little research into him and I went to his uh, Twitter account and he has like 2.58 million followers. And so I sent Carrie a message because I, I, I wanted to be a part of the part of the thing. I said, my question might be a little too late, but uh, and I put a um, a picture of his Twitter profile and I said, is it true that Luke is the only straight male among these 2.58 million followers? <laughs> and to which she replied, I've seen them together. Hence, I wouldn't, hence I would say mostly straight male. So <laughs> <laughs> there is a love affair yeah. going on here. Uh, doesn't sound like she's super jealous yet, but uh, could get there. Um, the smelting talk i thought was really interesting he was like a nerd on the smelting and the aluminum um all the aluminum information yeah he apparently also called a geologist in bellingham when he first moved out there because he had questions about the natural uh geology of the area mm-hmm. i like that he gets to the point he, he knows what he wants to know yeah and um the thing i uh, Obviously, uh, Supernatural, they they shoot it in Vancouver, and so I guess he didn't want to just commute or live in Canada 
or whatever, commute from LA or live in Canada. So he moved to Bellingham. Um, it seems to fit sort of with his sensibility and his personality. Um, like he's not comfortable. He doesn't seem super comfortable being a like famous person walking down the street. And I think in Bellingham, you can just be a person mm-hmm. and not like when you're in LA, like when, uh, Cullen and Emily go to LA, they're always on the lookout, you know, for, is that person famous? Is that person famous? Well, in Bellingham, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even think you just said, Oh, there goes a handsome guy. I, I, I recognize him, but you'd think you recognized him because you saw him at Lowe's the other day. You know, you wouldn't think you recognize him because you saw him on TV. Right. Yeah. So, I, I think Bellingham might be a great fit for this guy. Luke uh, takes the, an email about what is Misha's favorite project as a chance to t- tell his uh, Molson commercial shoot with the mummy <laughs> story. I don't even remember if Misha ever even got to answer the question, did he? I He mentioned very quickly that there was a project where he did a day – and then had like a five week break and then did another day. But because of either uh, paperwork error or SAG rules, he got paid for the whole five weeks he was off. Right. <laughs> and so he said that was his favorite job. That's a very honest answer. Yeah. yeah. And I believe right. that that was what Luke was saying. His his SAG experience, his professional acting experience oh, was right. yeah. all the nickels and dimes he accrued on the Molson shoot. Right. And that's how he shoehorned that in there. They'd go over by an hour, and you get paid a tremendous amount of money. Yeah, could you pretend to like this beer for another hour? That'd be great. <laughs> yeah, where am I going to go? You got me in the middle of Alberta. You know, I got another hour. Um, Naomi uh, claimed that Misha broke Twitter when he appeared on CBS this morning, which wouldn't surprise me. His his minions seem pretty passionate. Um, we find out that Addie loves minions and apparently everyone loves minions because that's all you see on the Las Vegas strip or even on Hollywood Boulevard anymore is minions. Is this, uh, is this a thing? Kids are obsessed with minions. I know nothing about them. I'm always a couple of years behind. Sam actually made me watch frozen a couple of weeks ago because she's tormented with kids singing frozen songs at her all the time at work. Mm-hmm. And it happened to come on TV and she, made me sit and watch it and it's a perfectly adequate somewhat ridiculous kids movie but i haven't gotten as far as sitting and watching a minions movie and i know there were multiple now uh but that's about as far as i can go i feel like the minions thing has moved from kids to adults for some reason well it's adults don't see any reason anymore to move on from childish things we hang on now to our our stuff true now like you know nobody like you like some cartoon movie when you're when you're 11 or 12 now and then when you're 30 you're in costume at some some convention center you know you just hang on to it these days which is fine it's good for good for the economy i guess good for people to meet each other too like-minded uh uh permanent adolescents there's a t-shirt that you just reminded me of I, I bought a stupid South Park t-shirt for Sam for Christmas, and I got a stupid Die Hard Christmas t-shirt. Uh, and because of that, my Facebook feed gets filled with t-shirt ads now from Busted Tees because the cookies are following me. And there's mm-hmm. this one Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt where they've taken the logo, but the text has been changed to, I am actually in my 30s. 
<laughs> I see it. That's fantastic. <laughs> yep. Well, to um, to sum up the day, I, I would say I was ready to be uh, I was ready to be a dick about Misha Collins, but he certainly charmed me. You know, I I will never watch a, a Vampire Hunter show or anything like that. But um, if he's on again, I'm all in. Yeah, he was great. All right, so Andrew brought you back. Yep, he's a good co-host. All right, Wednesday, twenty-two eighty-two. Is there still good meat on that flatter? Uh, Andrew's back, and they are welcoming the many possible new listeners from Misha Collins' interview who don't know what a TBTL is. Uh, they're all noting that the interview starts at four minutes thirty seconds in, so they cannot <laughs> have to listen to the intro. <laughs> Which is a little bit. Well, if they're not into TVTL, they don't. I mean, I don't blame them. They're not going to want to listen to that. Who's this? Your feelings a little bit, though, Meredith. If if you heard that someone always scrubbed through whenever you were talking, (laughs) yeah, no, that wouldn't feel good to the host. Absolutely not. But then Andrew points out that that's probably, that's how everyone talks about WTF. You know, skip the intro, get right to the interview, and you'll love it. Yep. Um, I used to listen to WTF a lot, and the, the intros started to make me anxious. I'm not really an anxious person, but he is so anxious that it started to rub off on me. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, I have to stop listening to this. Um, he wonders if they need to start explaining all their TBTL inside jokes, starting with Case Closed. Um That would take weeks, clearly, so I'm glad they Plus, abandoned. that's our job. Yeah, true. They should come listen to us. Um, Luke gives an Alanis level thank you to Andrew for saving his ass and allowing him to get on the cruise. And we hear the passport story again from Luke's perspective. Um, Andrew claims that he is his familiar or servant or Brad Renfro. Um, or Mrs. Renfro's or Mrs. Renfro's salsa. Um, (laughs) <laughs> or Mel Renfro, uh, Hall of Fame cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys for 14 years. Right. Or uh, or his minion, maybe, even. Um, <laughs> Andrew does a little self-critiquing and uh, resolves to speak slower because he had to listen to the show. And that resolution lasted about until the next segment. Um, he said he realizes he says exactly too much and speaks too quickly. Um and Luke countered that as long as Andrew will go to great lengths to photograph his passport, he will always have a job on TBTL. Um, they move on to talking about people dying in 2016. Uh, this is a contentious subject. Um, we all know lots of people died in 2016, but the endless beating of that dead horse is getting a little tiresome. Is that the consensus here? Well, I have an opinion on this and, I, I think maybe there's there uh, more like super famous people died this year than usual, but I it seems like there are more famous people than there used to be because there's so much more media consumption going on. I don't know it. It seems statistically unlikely. That well, more famous. People I was died curious in a about year this. I was curious, so I I kind of looked it up, and BBC wrote an article about this, and it's an imperfect measure, but they took the number of um, pre-prepared obituaries that they ran, 
um, which mm. is not a great measure because, you know, other people died where they didn't have an obituary, et cetera. But this is still a measure that they had numbers on from 2012 to now, and it actually has increased quite a bit. So 2012, it was 16, and 2016, mm-hmm. it was 49. Um, and they, they also explained mm-hmm. that it seems like there were more because they were all clustered. So between January and March, there were 24 deaths. And then uh, in the winter, fall and winter, there were 25. Hmm. That's a real good news, bad news scenario, I think. It's like, um, you're, good news is you're you're getting famous enough to where they're going to write an obituary for you and have it ready. Bad news is they think that you're getting a little <laughs> close enough to death Long to where the they're going to write an obituary for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would, I don't think I'd want to know at the point where uh, some newspaper just start. you know what? I saw a picture of that dude. I think we ought to, you know, get ready for that moment for uh, that guy. I had a little Twitter exchange with Andrew on Christmas Day, so let me do a very TBTL thing and read my funny tweet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew tweeted on Christmas Day, I wish someone would tweet their feelings about 2016. I mean, has it been good? Has it been bad? Don't leave me hanging, guys. <laughs> And I just wrote back, I was wondering how we're going to break to everyone that celebs are going to up and die in 2017, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's not like all of those boomers who did a shitload of drugs are all coming of age. <laughs> uh, sorry, guys. It's not going to stop. No. Yeah. It might it's taper not, off for a little bit, but we're going to get yeah. wave after wave of people we're sad to see die. That's kind of life. Yep. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you did the research, Meredith, because, yeah, it feels like it and yeah probably so, but um the measurement of a year just seems arbitrary because it's like we we imposed the calendar i mean it's you know it, it's not i don't know i don't i'm not as worked up as andrew about it but but yeah it is the, the all the 2016 like 2017 is going to solve all our problems you know yeah. it's not it's just that was yesterday and this is today nothing's different exactly yeah so top story for the day is the most recent tragic death of carrie fisher um they start to talk a little bit about her career um as a script doctor and doing postcards from the edge her one woman show um i didn't know much about her other than the star war. So this was kind of an interesting discussion to me. And Luke talked about her role as a woman in film in the seventies and being a positive role model, um, kind of playing a different kind of woman than, than is often seen in movies. And especially in when Harry met Sally, um, kind of how she was a give no fucks, admirable woman in these, in these movies. Um, I'm sad that she's not going to be in any more, uh, catastrophe. She was just the best. Oh, I know. Uh, Rob Delaney's mom that she could possibly be. She was the she was perfect just, person for that. Just awful and fantastic. Yes. Um, Andrew talks about how he wants to learn more about the next famous person who's going to die before they die and essentially calls out Willie Nelson. Uh, he's, he's up next. So. Like, like he's the newspaper editor who just saw a picture of <laughs> Willie Nelson, you know, at some award show. It's like, oh, well, Ooh, he's not well, looking good. <laughs> better start doing my research on Willie so I can be the world's leading Willie authority when he passes. <laughs> 
And then they talk a little bit more about artists we don't appreciate enough until they're gone, including the author of Confederacy of Dunces, which I'm not familiar with. Yeah. So It's fantastic. It's such a great book. I've read it many times. I came to it late. Uh, my, my first wife, um, this was her favorite book, and I just grabbed it off her shelf after I met her and read it, and I've read it several times since, and it's a masterpiece of a book. I'll put and it on my such list. A sad, I'm, sad story. I'm starting on I, realizing I have some major um, gaps in my cultural knowledge, and so I'm trying to work on that right now. I'm reading Dune for the first time right now, actually. Mm-hmm. So That's pretty good, too. Maybe I'll do Confederacy of, Confederacy of Dunces next. I also haven't read it, so I'll put it on my list for 2017. Um, I was just thinking, you know, Candace Bergen's still alive. Do you think she could just pick up all the roles that Carrie Fisher would have had? Hmm. I wouldn't mind seeing more oh, of her. I don't know. Have you seen a picture of her lately? Mm. No. Are you saying we should get to know Candace Bergen's work better? Get to know her. Rapper <laughs> in bubble wrap. <laughs> Murphy Brown. That's Box right. set. Oh. <laughs> Moving on to what is apparently the top story of the whole week is Alexa slash Dot's story. Um, Luke is obsessed with his Sonos system um, and learned that there's going to be a collaboration between Sonos and Alexa. I'm sorry, the Echo. And he's desperately trying to get into the private beta test because uh, he thinks he's famous enough for this. And I, I, you know, Andrew said he should just let him know he's verified on Twitter. No, I know. That was a great let him right in. <laughs> Great dig. Yes. Yep. And this is another thing that Luke thinks is going to turn his life into a commercial. Um, and he'll be he'll be cooking in the kitchen, something he admitted he doesn't do. Uh, his hands will be covered in something, <laughs> and he'll be able to ask his, his... yearly blue apron. Uh, yes. <laughs> meal. And he'll be able to ask his his Echo how much salt to put in his cookie dough. Um, and that will make his life complete. Uh, uh, I, you know, whatever. This isn't going to happen. <laughs> he needs to let go of these things. I think it's a little. It's getting a little crazy. This is where they start talking about the commercials f- either flouting or flaunting something. That's where the title of this episode comes from. Meredith, do you have? Do you have? See, you're you guys are deaf into that tech stuff. Yeah, we have a Sonos system, but we don't have a an Echo. Um, it doesn't. From everything I've heard about it, it doesn't sound all that different from Siri. <laughs> I, and, yeah. and you can do that with, with Siri. And uh, oh, Siri makes me so mad. I don't want another Siri in my house. Well, and that, that's probably exactly what it would be. I can't imagine the technology is all that different. Um, I have to pick right. up my phone. You're to just make annoying sure everyone in the house instead of just just yourself. You. Yeah. yeah. And, well, and so what I wanted to talk about this because Duff recently replaced uh, half the light bulbs in our house with connected light bulbs that are attached to the Wi-Fi. And so what you can do is say, uh, if I say it, it'll probably happen. You can say, hey, Siri, turn the living room lights off. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, <laughs> so Duff's in there. He's probably mad. Hey, Siri, turn the lights back on. See? Yep. See how frustrating that is? <laughs> yep. It gets the command you don't want it to get and then doesn't get the one you do want it to get. Well, and Duff was getting irritated with um, uh, using her for texting. Um, 
he was he actually was cooking and had his hands covered in chicken and couldn't uh, answer my text. So he had Siri call me and I said, you know, you can just have Siri write me a text. And he said, well, I can't. The cadence doesn't work. I can't just say, hey, Siri, send Meredith a text. And then Siri goes, what would you like to text her? <laughs> it's like, so it works, you know, half of the time exactly how you want. And then the other time it's an absolute failure. And I don't know why I let it get to me so much, but I get hot really fast. I guess <laughs> I have so much bad experience that as soon as things start to go sideways, I'm immediately like 100% mad. Well, and you use the, the voice to text thing a lot, don't you? Yeah. Does that cause you irritation? Do you use Siri for that? Or is that you just hit the little microphone button? No. Yeah, I just hit the microphone. I do not use Siri. So you bypass her. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if, you know, I don't, I don't really want another device that listens to our conversations all the time. Um, yeah. The Siri thing is creepy enough. And Duff, we have a TV that has a, a, a camera and he turned that off. He disabled it because um, it kind of creeped him out. So Can you get we'll a device that, roll, that rolls its eyes at Duff so you don't have to do it as often? <laughs> I could probably have Siri record something that says like, oh, let, yeah, let's have another dinner party. I can't wait. <laughs> Bunch of sarcastic <laughs> Uh, so my aunt and uncle have one of these dots and we had Christmas at their house and it was brand new. So they were still playing with it. And I found that 90% of the things that people wanted to do with it were ask it questions were it new sarcastic sassy answers. Right. And you can look up these lists online of because people are compiling them now. All the funny things to ask Alexa. And and so that was it. There was just a real high novelty factor. Um now, we just got a Sonos speaker for Christmas, and by we, I mean Sam got it from the doctor that she works with, and I set it up in the living room. And if I could yell at Alexa to put something on the Sonos, that would be great, although the iPhone app's really easy for it. Yeah. We've um, got a Sonos system, too, on both of the TVs and in the dining room, and it's great, um, but I have no issue just going to the app and, and telling it to play something. Right. And the problem with the dot was you would ask it to play a song – but if it didn't have rights to the whole song, it would play like the one minute clip from being able to buy it in uh, Amazon. Oh, boy. So you would hear one minute of that song you wanted and then it would just stop. So, you know, I, I don't think the values there to add something besides my iPhone as fun as it would be to just bark orders at an AI all day. Mm hmm. Um, they talk a little bit about how the police in Arkansas confiscated an echo for virtually no reason, but to try and see if there were recordings from the night of a murder. Do we know how that turned out? I do not. I mean, I remember them talking about the story, but I don't, I never remember if they resolved what yeah, happened there. I don't either. Uh, Luke talked a little bit about Siri, um, saying that he established a relationship with her, but then she started to kind of intermittently ghost on him which yeah that's been my experience too i'll go on a that's jag how you break up with someone that's yeah. the, that's a, the cowardly way i used to break up with ladies she... just <laughs> stop responding to their phone calls so siri doesn't want to have anything to do with him um <laughs> right. oh yeah and andrew got a drone for christmas from Vives. he just mentions that very briefly um but i can't wait to hear what he does with that he lives in the city what the hell is he gonna do is he gonna drive out somewhere and use it or are you allowed to use them in seattle i don't think there's really the rules about it quite yet yeah i think they're i think the only if they don't make any rules i think people should be able to knock them out of the sky 
Yeah. You know, like <laughs> the BB If you got a drone in my neighborhood and it's pissing me off, I'm if I, it's possible, I'm going to knock it down. Well, it's Texas, so I just assumed that they would be used for, like, clay pigeons. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. That would be the only reason I'd want a gun, just a shotgun to take drones out of this yes. gun. White people hobbies bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, they what, Mike? They bother me. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. Voicemail from a man who sounds a little bit drunk, um, loves Andrew and Phyllis together, and they wonder if he's the same guy who sent the email about the itching and the burning years ago. <laughs> really sounds the this same, guy doesn't is it? A character, yeah. Yeah. I need to know who he is. He's like a character from a 70s um, like, uh, game show, you know, like Match Game or something. Mm-hmm. You know? It's like a <laughs> Charles Nelson Riley type, just straight up weirdo. And I don't he's think we haven't heard anyway if he's gotten back in touch with Andrew to reveal who he is. But I really want to know. Is it a bit? I don't know. It's pretty. I don't know. I don't know. It seems sincere, but it's just so extreme that I don't know. It's very it's consistent fantastic. if if he's the one who sent that same voicemail years and years ago because yeah. the cadence and the voice are all so similar. So if it's a bit, mm. it's a it's a good one. Well, clearly memorable yeah. enough to call it back years later. Yeah, I right. Mean, half the time, the guys can't remember what they talked about yesterday on the show. Right. Well, if it hadn't been turned into a drop, I don't think anybody would have remembered it. Yeah. You know, because yeah, it was too true. long ago. But the yeah. drop, you know, probably played a month ago. And then this thing, and you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Is that the same guy? Uh, they talk a little bit about how they don't listen to the show when they're not on it. Um, and like ta- Mike McCauley. Andrew talks about filling in on the Brock and Salk show and about how Luke tried to insert himself into one of his Cairo shows that he was filling in on. And then they, (laughs) (laughs) he really has this hot take on Richard Sherman. (laughs) I could, I could make it on the show. So they, they do talk about uh, how they miss the show when they're not there. I think that was the point of that conversation. They, they, they think of things and mentally catalog that they want to talk about them with each other, which is sweet, even though they enjoy their breaks. Um, and then talk a little bit about Paul Simon's song, Heart and Bones, which was about Carrie Fisher, which I did not know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think, I think it's great when people talk about like, <clears throat> uh, the you're so vain, who's that song about, you know, and all that. But th- when it calls for, uh, them to play a Paul Simon song, I think that's stepping over the line. <laughs> Nobody needs to hear any, uh, I've heard so Paul much. Paul, my mom loves Paul Simon, which I think everybody's mom does. So I've heard <laughs> hours and hours. It's, it was, yeah, it was federally mandated. Yes. At some point. <laughs> yes. <sighs> All right. It sounds like we're ready for Thursday, 2283. Sure. Are you a member of our St. Lunatics Club? Uh, Andrew's telling us more about uh, his and Vive's trip to Atlanta. Uh, and when they got there, the easy e rental, excuse me, the easy rental counter uh, at uh, the airport in Atlanta did not have a car for them. In fact, they waited in line, in a line that wasn't moving for an hour until they got barked at by a rental car representative saying, "We don't have cars for you." Uh, and this led to an extended Uber conversation, including talk of Uber ratings. Andrew is. Uh, dismayed that his Uber rating is a 4.88. He's wondering why it's not a perfect five. Uh, and we, a few minutes later, find out that Luke's is a 4.84, 4, 
but he's pretty sure that's because of the time he and Paula Poundstone shit on Donald Trump at the back of an Uber in Chicago and then found out that their driver was a Trump supporter who was not impressed with their behavior. Uh, now, I'm horrified because I went and checked. Mine is 4.77. What did you do? I don't know. I've never thrown up in an Uber. I've never been rude. I've never had a political discussion. I've never, like, I even tip them sometimes. I, I don't know. I don't know what I did. Now, Mike, you're not going to check because you said you're afraid of the truth. Well, yeah, I've only taken two Uber rides. I've given a lot of Uber rides, and I have an excellent rating. But, um, I have, but I, I've only taken two rides, and if if they both didn't give me a five, that could be a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I'd give it yeah. two point five. Well, I feel like this is like um, award season in baseball. You haven't had enough at bats for your average to mean anything. You know, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a two point five or whatever, you've only had two Uber rides. That's like when some right. guy who just got called up is batting a thousand because he got a hit in his first at plate. You yeah, know, fa- I think famously uh, a Chicago Cub player named Tuffy Rhodes. I think he hit two home runs in his first game ever. You know, so he was on pace for like a fifty million home run career, <laughs> and they ended up being Tuffy Rhodes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so I, yeah, my 4.88, I think I understand. I can think of two very specific times, both indirectly TPTL related, actually. Uh, in Chicago, when I went out a couple of years ago and uh, the Macaulay's, among others, showed me a good time at Alice's and other places. Um, the Uber driver that came to take me back to my hotel from Alice's uh, karaoke bar, best karaoke in Chicago, maybe in the world, Um uh, he got very confused and I was not sober enough and or familiar enough with the terrain to explain to him the best way to get back to my hotel. I gave him the address that should have been enough. And so there was some circling around and some, some shared frustration between us. And so I think neither of us really got a great ride out of that. Uh, and then also another time I was in Seattle, um, and I believe, uh, uh, dates with Kate and I had, <laughs> dinner and drinks uh and then took an uber and were very loud and obnoxious in the back of the uber <laughs> the whole way back and i only remember it because when we were done with the ride i remember just apologizing to the driver for our <sighs> behavior <laughs> there was one time i can think of when i was in miami and i called an uber and he called me to see exactly where i would be waiting and he didn't speak any english he spoke spanish i was in miami and i didn't speak spanish enough to help so i had to actually cancel that ride because he couldn't find me mm-hmm. um let me give some advice to everyone about uber <clears throat> don't take uber uh take lyft it's a better company in every way uh my experience i uh was when i was signing up to be a rideshare driver um they're they're not in austin anymore either these companies so i knew i was going to be working mostly in San Marcos, which is a a college town about 30 miles south of Austin. And I knew I would need to be working for both companies to get enough rides to make any real money. So I, on the same day, I went to sign up for these companies. And uh, I filled out all the stuff for Uber, took all the pictures of um, my car and my insurance and my license and um, sent all that to Uber and it was about two weeks before they got back to me and said, you're, you're good to go. 
and uh, and that's all that they required was just the it was all electronic. Uh, same day, I'm signing up for Lyft. I, I'm, I'm taking all the pictures. I'm doing pretty much all the same stuff I'm doing for Uber, and then I get uh, I get an email from them, and they want me to meet one of their people. They they you know they have like um, managers or screeners or whatever, and so I I drove out to meet this guy, and um, he looked at my car and. Um, we drove around for a bit and, and he took me through the app and he took my picture and there, there was a lot more involved with it. And at least to drive for Lyft, I had to pretend I could act like a human for 30 minutes <laughs> or 45 minutes that I wasn't, you know, I, I could at least pretend I wasn't a serial killer and he he could get he could get a a, look, a real look at my car, not just a picture online. Um, some of these Uber cars are disasters uh, because nobody's actually taking a real look at them. And I, I I've gotten a lot of stories from from people about Uber rides that they turn away because the car is in terrible shape. They don't want they don't want to put their baby in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so delete Uber from your phone. Add Lyft. Take Lyft. You're, you're going to have a better experience. A lot of people drive for both, but I can tell you that anybody can drive for Uber. You at least have to pretend you can be human <laughs> to drive for Lyft. Mike, do you have a referral code we should put in the notes? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will take a look. I will take a look and see uh, if I can I get, you're get not, people there. You're not actively doing that these days, but, you know, if, if we can still get you a little bread from uh, – bouncing people over to Lyft. I used your referral code going over to Lyft because I had always used Uber just because it was the first one I put on my phone and mm-hmm. I'm very lazy and it's the one I had and it always worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, when I started using Uber, I always got a black car in Boston at Uber X prices. And so I was excited, but it's gone so far downhill here. So, uh, Lyft has been pretty good to me. Um, good. Glad to hear it. A couple other notes before we get off Atlanta talk. Um, well, actually, before we get off Uber talk, Andrew tells a really similar shit story of a standoff with a an Uber driver from the Cleveland airport who didn't want to cancel the ride because he would take a hit, but wanted Andrew to cancel the ride, and Andrew didn't want to take the hit, and the guy starts screaming at Andrew about just wanting him to do him a favor. Yeah, it's a dirtbag move. I mean, um, it's, so it was more or less a cab driver move. Trying to find out what the destination is beforehand yeah. so that you, you know, well, this one's not worth my time. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm looking for an airport run or whatever. It's a dirtbag move and guys do it and don't. I mean, Andrew did the right thing standing up to the guy. But, uh, man, that's a that's a brutal story. Andrew has some anger issues himself. We know this. Yeah. Well, and that's a real Rust Belt standoff. You got two angry Ohioans. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, back to rental car talk for a second. Uh, in the rental car line, I really enjoyed that there was some yelling back and forth between the rental car guy and Genevieve just yelled, well, you're getting the Yelp review of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to yell that. I'm going to yell that at the cat next time she's scratching the <laughs> sofa. It's just about the same result. Mm-hmm. Uh, we finally get the Seinfeld drop about reservations and rental cars that I was waiting for from the beginning of this conversation. Yeah, me sure. too. 
Uh, and I liked the rabbit hole about hip hop named rental car services in Atlanta because it started with Easy E Rentals, followed by Nelly and Fetty Wap, and then the guys in unison making the same "It's a Trap Queen" joke. Uh, they really are very similar sometimes. Yeah. If you're in Atlanta, well, why aren't you using Outcast rental car? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and Mike, you know I'm no stranger to getting the cheapest possible rental car. Uh, as I've gotten Fox that comes with the free screwdriver. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Fox, Fox at the at SeaTac. They take you to some ramshackle offsite uh, place, <laughs> and the cars are dirt cheap. I will give you that. And and my experience is they usually do have the cars. The, so. the problem is it's just the economy lot, and they're looking for one that's unlocked while you wait. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Uh, uh, the top story, uh, is that Vesta, uh, Volovic died, uh, who is not a big name to anyone except Luke, because he remembers from the Guinness book of world records of his youth, that she was the only survivor of a plane crash and therefore holds the record for the person who survived a free fall from the highest height. Uh, and that resonated with him when she's, when he saw that, uh, we also get a conversation about how the serial product 19 is dying. And just an aside from me personally, my imagination just jumped into a scene of executives at total, uh, celebrating around a conference room table with, with cake and party hats. <laughs> Don't you have to celebrate in the bathroom and adjoining stalls while you're blowing out your colon? If that's... <laughs> uh, good pull, uh, because colon blow is one of my favorite SNL fake commercials yeah, ever. Yeah, me too. Uh, is the super golden crisp bear black is a question nobody's ever asked before. <laughs> uh, and then we get emails, uh, starting with listener Carl, who chastises Luke and Andrew for blowing up Amazon echoes everywhere with their conversation on Wednesday, <laughs> uh, which I thought was hilarious. Uh, it didn't hurt me. So I guess I didn't care, but well, it wasn't, it wasn't like they they were saying, you know, uh, Alexa, you know, turn on all the burners on the stove you know, while, <laughs> while, while he was away from home or something, you know, nobody was hurt too bad. His tone was bad and I'm glad they made fun of him. Yes. Uh, yeah, they really house your podcasted him. Yeah, they really do. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I like that they started referring to Alexa as a clapper. More or less at this point. Somewhere in this house, clapper. I have a clapper that I got at Goodwill for like $5. And I've always meant to put it on a lamp just to mess with Sam. But um, I always worried about watching live events because what happens when there's applause? <laughs> <laughs> just... or, or you're watching a game and you're excited and then all of a sudden the lights are going on. And yeah. yeah. Uh, they have a, uh, an unnecessary deep dive on the Xfinity remotes in the home alone commercial because somebody writes in thinking that the quote is from home alone Two, not home alone um that took far too long and then we get a voicemail uh, uh of a sharp shot by the stewbot they gotta lay off the home alone stuff um yeah what is it i that for one, one have had enough yeah. <laughs> um that commercial has given both of andrew's podcasts so much mileage it's uh, not that deep a well though no it's really not. There's nothing there. It's not even deep enough for a shark to 
<laughs> you, as, a, as a child, you would have been comfortable swimming in that well? I would have been fine. I wouldn't have been fearful at all. Uh, all right. Mike? 2284, you're listening to Fresh Ears. I'm Doug Davies. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty great. Um, to, bridge, to bridge into this show, what happened between Thursday and Friday's show, Chris Hayes said on his show that his favorite podcast was uh, TVTL, because he speaks very quickly, <laughs> which he uh, corrected on Twitter and tweeted that TBTL was his favorite podcast. And there was a long, hilarious thread uh, between uh, famous and semi-famous, checkmarked and uncheckmarked people. Dan Savage, Barb, everyone was in there mixing it up. Peter Sagal, <laughs> you know. Uh, Dave and Stanwood, you know, just a great mishmash, a great, a great moment in TVTL Twitter history for sure. And of course, as whenever there's, there's a chance to really break through and put out, put your best foot forward. Cause you have, know all these new people are going to be listening. Of course, you're hosting over the phone in the backseat of a car. <laughs> I think it's every time that happens. Every time that, that Luke is on, because he's always like on a big show, you know, yeah. he has a breakout week on Wait Wait or something, and then he's traveling back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Every time. So here, here's what I was telling Emily, what I think he needs to do. He needs to have like a queue of the best shows. This is just the best standalone shows in show history. Queued up. For just this situation and just take the next day off, take it off yeah. and play and play something you're really confident in and, and then get back to doing it from the backseat of the car the next day. Once you got him hooked, you know, let's set that hook. Come on guys. Well, it used to be if you went into iTunes back when Jen was in charge of things, you would get the last 15 episodes or so. And then there would be five to 10 TBTL best ofs just mm-hmm. sitting at that point in the feed. And so I remember when I was new to TBTL, I definitely fell back to some of those just because I was like, Oh, here are some extra options to listen to now. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, we can't even figure out how to get the names of the episodes in the feed. So my guess is that having some best of auto load is probably not likely. Well, I think as fans of the show, I mean, we, we always want a new show or whatever. And i I was looking forward to hearing about their trip to Atlanta and the game and all that. But for the sake of getting new listeners in the door, I would say, okay, I'll hear about the rest of it on Monday. I want all these new Chris Hayes people to get a high quality product. I mean, Friday show was fine from a content standpoint for those of us, you know, that are really into the show because we'll forgive that audio. But if it's your first time listening to a podcast, I think you would prefer it not to be hosted over the phone. Um, yeah, which it sounded like they tried to avoid. Like Andrew said, you'll find out before before I do uh, whether the, it, Luke's recording worked, and I guess it didn't work. So yeah, ended up with just the phone recording. So he's on the way uh, to the Peach Bowl. They're somewhere in the U District uh, picking up David, who is bedecked in UW gear, um, and they're in a uh, loner car. And Luke shushed um, Carrie and Sam, and I think 
Uh, th- this leads to a discussion of no one liking being shushed, and that's very true. Yeah. I mean, when 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 I get shushed, especially by someone I know, you know, if I get shushed by a stranger, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> if, I get, <laughs> if I get shushed by someone I know, I'm like, I'm a failure as a human, you know? You should see these. So when I used to be a train commuter on the, the MBTA uh, commuter rail going into Boston, there's a quiet car, of course, like all good trains have. And instead of constant shushing, they started printing these little business cards that say you're sitting in the quiet car, oh. but there's a picture of a guy shushing on the card. <laughs> I have one right here on my desk. I'll take a picture of it. It's, it's, it's insulting when you see it. And imagine somebody basically handing this to you if you won't shut up. It's a nonverbal <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. At least it's quiet. Yeah, that's true. So uh, Andrew's idea was to say, was it Andrew's idea to say stand by mm-hmm. to make everyone feel like they're a part of the yeah process? The production. <laughs> I think that was a pretty good idea. Yeah, they're part of the production. Uh, and they play the, he tells a story about how they played the Coffee Love song in line at the Starbucks and thinking that that was going to somehow connect them with the barista and they were going to. You know, that song's not okay to play to anyone. No. I don't know why they think it's okay to play that song ever, even in private. That is the worst. <laughs> Please stop playing the Coffee Lover song. Uh, I, I, I hate drive throughs uh, but I still go through them because I hate being not lazy even more than I hate drive throughs uh, But I always turn down or pause everything I'm listening to because I want to give the person on the other side of the window, the respect of, yes, you know, they're helping me. I want to make sure that we understand one another. Clearly the last thing I'm going to do is blast, especially through the squawk box. If you're talking into a microphone first, like that's shit's hard enough without distractions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. On its on its face, it's bad, and then the coffee lover song just kicks it into <laughs> extra horrible territory for me. I I hate music, and and I hate <laughs> this song more than I hate all other music. So that's a lot of hate. Yeah. Um. There was a lot of off mic uh, and relay information yeah. going on because, um, yeah, just. I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed it, and I and I and I love it whenever uh, Carrie and Luke's family are involved in the show. But the whole time, I'm thinking, Chris Hayes viewers, Chris Hayes viewers, yeah. Chris Hayes viewers. You know, Missy Collins minions. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Minions, <laughs> Chris Hayes. This could have been such a huge week. What is yeah. it? Uh, their inners, Chris Hayes uh, fans, because mm-hmm. it's all in now. Because they used to be uh, uppers, and now they're yeah. inners. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, there were so, a lot more uppers than there were downers. I was pretty <laughs> offended by that. So this whole week has just been about alienating minions and inners. <laughs> yep. Well, I hope the numbers are good though, because I hope people fought through that that audio. Um, this could be like the guy on a dating app who just sends you a really vulgar, grotesque pickup line though, because if he sends it to 10,000 people and it works on one chick, he's found the chick who's going to put up with him. Well, and so that's what tens are. I mean, right, we put up with this. this. This shows immediately a litmus test for whether or not you can put up with TBTL. Yes. 
if you stay through point. Friday's show, you're a 10 for life. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke talks about uh, the flight that he's going to be on, that um, 10 uh, Scotty Houghton, I think is how you pronounce his name, and uh, famous famous Seattle uh, sports journalist Danny O'Neill is going to be on his flight. I'm sure there were a lot of a lot more recognizable Seattle people on that flight. And his look forward to hearing about that flight because when my brother and I flew on the first charter to the Detroit Super Bowl, we were the first charter to get in on Friday morning. Uh, and our flight left at about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. And we drank the plane dry by like nine thirty or something. <laughs> Everyone was just hammered. <clears throat> so we, we, we get off the plane in Detroit. It's like, I don't know, there, it's snowing and it's just dreary out. And, but the, there's press everywhere. And so we saw ourselves on the news that night, just hammered out of our <laughs> minds walking off the plane. And fortunately, we didn't get interviewed, but a lot of the people that we were on the plane with got interviewed. So I hope that flight to Atlanta was as fun as our flight to Detroit was because that was a highlight for us. And we also lost that game as the Huskies lost in Atlanta. So um, <clears throat> I, I hope he has some, some good fun and good stories about that party plane. So either one of you ever been on a party plane, like one going to Vegas, you know, where everyone's just into it? No. No, not that cool. Yeah, the closest it's, it's I've ever pretty... come is like a chartered bus to Cedar Point with my other seventh grade classmates. <laughs> <laughs> How drunk were you? <laughs> so drunk. <laughs> not not drunk enough, I think was the answer. Uh the top story, of course, was the Chris Hayes shout out. I love it when the top story is something about T V T O. Hey, holiday news is it's a slow week for real news. That's true. So that's true. You know. Yeah. Nobody had the nobody had the um wherewithal to die for them to right. have, have as a top story on Friday. Right. Uh, uh, my note says this shows the genius of fresh air. I have, I, I have no, Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, what Bobby and I have a long running joke about fresh air. Like 2017 is the greatest fresh air year in their history because there's nothing fresh air likes better than for a celebrity who they whom they've done multiple interviews with to die because <laughs> right. by uh, by Thursday afternoon chairs are spinning because <laughs> they've they've put the tape together and they are gone. Mm-hmm. Yep. So imagine I would imagine like Terry Gross worked about ten days this year. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. It, uh, it's been all Doug Davies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait, did it switch from Dave to Doug just because they didn't want to name like for for Google reasons? They didn't want to. You name said they didn't Dave. want a real person's name in the title. Right. Yeah, <laughs> right. So and plus, you use fresh ears. You know, then right. you got to have a, a slightly a, off a, an alternate host. universe. Right. Uh, Dave Davies' evil twin brother, Doug Davies, <laughs> just got a mustache. <laughs> Right. One has glasses, one doesn't, like the Sklar brothers. Yeah. Um, Luke played the clip of the TBTL mention, and that clip uh, I listened to a few times because Lynn Lynn 
pulled it and had put it up somewhere before they even had it on TBTL. That clip makes me nervous. Those those liberals, they talk so fast. <laughs> I think that's why liberals are having such a hard time these days. It's like dummies like me, we can't keep up. So we just go, I guess I'll just vote for Trump then. These liberals, <laughs> I can't understand what they're saying. Yeah. No wonder they thought it was, everyone thought it was TVTL. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hope for a big haze bump and that they, they power through. Um, there's a voicemail uh, from Kayla, Roll Tide. Kayla, they did roll. So congratulations on that. Nick in Orlando calls in with his Chewbacca and it's pretty damn good. Yeah. So. Well, everything about Nick. He's I, he's he's handsome. He's successful. Yeah. He does a better Chewbacca. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's <laughs> I don't want to blow Nick. up Nick's professional spot, yeah. but he sort of has an inside track on the on the Star Wars ownership now, doesn't he? True, but that doesn't mean you know. Well, I know, but you, I mean, uh, you know, there, there's an affiliation there. He. He might. It, it behooves him to be good at a Chewbacca impression now. That's how he greets the guests, right? It's probably good from a <laughs> professional development standpoint for him to have that in his bag of tricks. Yeah. How many keys do you want? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we were just just this morning, I think, or last night, we saw a commercial for said resort, and uh, there's a scene where a bunch of stormtroopers come marching through, and Sam looked at me and said. That would be scary if I was a kid. The stormtroopers are bad. And I said, yeah, but they paid a lot for that. They, they're going to use it every way they could use it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Why do the stormtroopers wear that armor when it doesn't stop anything ever? I don't. Why not just not wear armor at all and just be that much faster? Because whenever you get shot, you're going to die anyway. <laughs> yeah, that plastic's not stopping lasers. It doesn't stop anything. <laughs> and it slows you down. You're all awkward with it. Just, you know... Get down to like a pair of crime fighters and and just you know Go wave some it. pistols around, just like you know the guy who's had bath salts. <laughs> anyway, it is Florida after all. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Put on that all that stuff oh, and it doesn't so do hot. anything for you. <laughs> Screw that. Uh, Andrew plugs a SoundCloud mixtape album of bad musician interviews and hip hop. <laughs> He, he's mm-hmm. deep in the weeds in this in this latest endeavor. <laughs> uh, has this been posted anywhere that you all know of? Uh, I've been, I, I meant to go look and I didn't, so I'm going to look now. Uh, I'll totally download it and give it a play. Uh, let's see here. Uh, he's he, good at that kind of stuff, so I'm sure it's I'm sure it's well done. Yeah, it's very um, high concept. Though. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm looking at his SoundCloud page and I don't see it, so. Playlists, maybe? I don't know. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, he might not want to put it on official TBTL channels, but I have no problem blowing up his SoundCloud spot uh, <laughs> on our show. So, All right. Music for your weekend. Luke's selection meant a lot to me. I, I really like that song. Um, if I ever uh, had a, a sports show, a podcast, radio show, whatever, I would strongly consider the underdog. As a theme for that show, I love oh, that the spoon song. song? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a great. Twitter Spoons. favorite. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's a good song, and it also fits the Huskies' quest. They were on their way to Atlanta as a 
14, at least a 14 point underdog to Alabama and they did not cover. So <clears throat> that sucks. But, uh, Andrew's song, someone called Tink Wet Dollars is the name of the, of the song. And it reminded me of a story that my good friend Matt told about his, uh, uncle Tony who would, um, give out wet dollars at Christmas. And the reason that the wet, do- the dollars were wet is because <laughs> uncle Tony got so drunk <laughs> that he peed his pants and was giving the kids dollars mm. out of his pants that were wet. Mm. So there, there you go. That's the podcast I used to work on. Take down. It's a, that's a great story and a great episode. <laughs> it is fantastic. Um, uh, listener, Robin DJ earworm mashup. That's all I wrote on that. I don't even what is that? I don't even know what that is. It's a it was a mashup of all of the major hits of 2016. Right. And a right. and a screaming testimony of how similar all pop music is these days. Yeah. Mhm. And if you didn't know any of the the songs, you wouldn't get any of the references. It did nothing for me. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure if there were if there were uh trumpets if they claim to have trumpets and there were no trumpets, I think that that mashup is just going to make Anne as mad as she can be. <laughs> Don't listen, Anne. Uh, I found Andrew's mixtape, by the way. It's a different SoundCloud account of his, so I will put the link in the show notes. Is this the Chopped cool. and Screwed compilation? <laughs> I don't know yet. I'll let you know. I think it is. I mean, it's I'm sure it slow-ish. must be. Rip, yes, it's called Slowish mixtape twelve twenty nine oh six. Jared sixteen rather. Uh, and with that, uh, I'll take us through some housekeeping. Uh, our archive project, uh, including uh, questions for Mike, is still ongoing. We are three episodes deep into our five-episode series. And, Mike, I have to say to you directly, the last one was my favorite so far. Uh, not that the other guests haven't been great, but Rick was spectacular. Yeah, Rick is a um, – he's a great dude. A, a real, a, like, broadcast professional from way back um before i got back in touch with him i remember flipping on the tv uh sometime between the time i got out of prison and i got back in touch with him and there he was he was hosting extra and i was like oh dude hosts extra he hosted it for like three (laughs) or four years or whatever he's an interesting guy in that uh he doesn't really need to work like his family is like super rich but He's always worked and he's always done really interesting things like stuff that he really wanted to do. Um, and uh, a, guy, a guy who's never had to work, who's always had money, uh, who's not in any way an asshole, which is pretty rare. Wow. Yeah. So uh, it's like if, uh, if Jay Moore wasn't so fucking annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, really intelligent guy. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but he's better looking than Jay Moore. Yeah. Uh, on to Earbuds and Earworms, our sister podcast. They just put out an episode celebrating the new year by uh, playing music from people who died in 2016. So they had quite a big uh, list to work from. I haven't listened yet. Um, I'm going to save it for later so I can cry in private. Uh, Nerd Out Loud hasn't posted recently because the kids have been on an epic road trip. Uh, but the last episode up in their feed is actually one with me. So if you haven't heard it yet, uh, this is a shameless plug for you to go do that. Um, I am pretty sure there's no reason you can't still go by 
cards and gift tags at prettysnarky.com. So if you screwed up people's Christmas presents or didn't get them anything, uh, go get note cards to write your apologies in at prettysnarky.com. Use the promo code bandwagon. And as always, littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon now, since Christmas is over, to shop for yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that, Meredith, why don't you tell us how to get involved? If you want to get involved with the show, go to our website, littleredbandwagon.com. You can fill out our form there to be a guest on one of our interview shows to talk about your favorite clip from TBTL. Uh, you can visit us on Facebook, the Stens page, or ours. Our show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Send us an email at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And give us an iTunes review if you're feeling so inclined. Five stars. We don't care what you say. Yep. Yep. And well, with that. guys, thank you for getting <laughs> up early on uh, New Year's Day. Um, it doesn't sound like any one of us did any significant partying, so it wasn't uh, too big a chore. But um, I want you guys to know that uh, I appreciate your friendship and Happy New Year to you. Aw, don't cry, Mike. I well, I cry on the I cry on a dime. Jesus, so. please not another Mike <laughs> crying episode. <laughs> uh, Meredith, you were about to say something. I was. I was going to say. And with that, Bobby, why don't you get us out of here? <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, this is the next party. Uh, Jen, I will tell you that all of the Christmas cards that I've gotten, all except for one, I think, are pretty snarky. So. We love you, obviously. Nailed it. Well, we have a blue Ford Escort for you, Mr. Seinfeld. Would you like insurance? Yeah, you better give me the insurance, because I am going to beat the hell out of this one. (laughs) 